0: Welcome to this week's podcast, Carrie Lambert's My Name, and you will know that I'm hosting this week because Ian Cohen cannot be with me in person. I believe he is at Mount Buller already. Kosa, come in. <laughs>
1: I've had to uh, renew my ski pass, you're quite right, because I'm telling you um Did we, this is is going to be an early Simon Says, but did we just get a little bit ahead of ourselves or are Collingwood actually that good? Because, yeah, it was was a bit scary to watch. To be honest, it was really scary to
0: watch. Uh, To me, I don't think there is an answer either way to that question that you just posed. Um, Did we get ahead of ourselves? The supporters may have inside the club. I would say no. Um, Are Collingwood that good? I would say no. Melbourne just played really quite badly. But you can't tell me that Collingwood um, would play that well in a big game against Richmond or West Coast, for example. Um, I think they just got the rub of the green on the day and Melbourne, within my heart, I knew within the first 10 minutes we weren't going to win it. Um, I just, Nathan Jones fumbling and um, Angus Brayshaw nowhere to be seen. Just the dynamic down back didn't settle at all the whole game. I just thought we had an off game. But as um, a few people have mentioned, uh, you don't (laughs) win grand finals in June, Um, but it's good to get a win and we didn't. So it was a disappointing outcome.
1: Yeah, look, no doubt about it. Um, We'll talk about obviously the Danaher slide and things a little bit later because that was one of the highlights for Melbourne supporters and mankind in general. But 42 points for mine was flattering when there was 10 shots at goal to two or 10 scoring shots to two in that opening term. They ended up hitting the post about three or four times throughout the day. We were lucky to get out with a 42-point loss. We really were. They were all over us and we had no answers. They went through the corridor, they went round the side and... As I said, I was I was just scared sitting there watching and thinking this could absolutely blow out. And you know me, I'm pretty positive Pete most of the time. Um, and it was just like, How do we stop this? How do we stop Degowie and Stevenson and um, you know, Grundy obviously was good, I reckon he and Max probably shared the honours, but we just had had nothing to stop them. Lever, huge loss, no doubt. Um, Oscar, oh, you know, put one step forward and two steps back, but it, it, it was it was worrying to think that we couldn't arrest that slide at five five to two goals in the opening term. As you said, it was all said and done. It was absolutely stamped by then. We might as well have done what I did, which was uh, ring that Buller and
0: say, "Can I please review <laughs> my Uh Yeah, but I reckon it was kind of even after quarter time. Like Melbourne hung in there after quarter time. The, you're right. It could have been an absolutely disastrous game, and. Yes, Melbourne supporters saying, oh, we could be in second if we win. Well, you know what, let's just focus on getting the win rather than where we're going to be. Because um, listening to Simon Goodwin's press conference after the game, he said, we don't want to look back. and We don't want to look too far forward. We need to concentrate on what's right in front of us. So last time Melbourne had a 40-plus point loss, they came out and they won six in a row. But we can't look back at that. We've just got to look at what's in front of us, and what's in front of us is a lot of learning to come out of that game. I guarantee you there will not be another game this season where Nathan Jones, Jack Viney, Christian Petrarca, Angus Brayshaw, Bernie Vince, Jesse Hogan uh, all play that badly together. With
1: the exception of Tom McDonald, they, I, we'll do our three two-and-ones, but I found it really hard to find a two-and-a-one. <laughs> I found it really, really difficult to find a two-and-a-one because Tom was obviously the absolute shining light up forward and continues to just play some amazing football. But when you have a look at it, gee, there was a lot of guys that were down on form, down on confidence, couldn't hit targets. Um, and this handballing in a phone booth where Collingwood got it on the outside... Mm got it going, and they had so much run. We were exposed for leg speed. That was one of the big things I thought
0: we were exposed for. Well, I, I thought we were exposed for just poor skill execution um, rather than speed because Melbourne has speed, and, and you could see that in some instances where it just zoomed from one end to the other. Um, but I'd, I have to draw a point of your love child, Cam Pedersen. He got yeah. in Jesse Hogan's way far too many times and – it impeded and impacted the forward line negatively to have Cam Peterson there, um, and I'm well, not... in the
1: end they in the end they put him down back because Mason Cox and Joel Smith was brave, but Mason Cox is just ridiculously tall and he's actually playing some good football. Does know how to take a mark and his kicking style is wonderful because he didn't grow up with any bad habits. Mason Cox he's only just been taught how to kick the right way, the proper way, and do that each time. So. Um, Mason Cox really, you know, torched us and they tried to put Pedo down back at one stage and, again, that really
0: made it pretty tough. Let's do some Simon Saysers because we'll just keep a quick podcast going today because you um, have to get back onto Burke Street, I think it's called, yep. the main drag yep. there up at Buller. Um yes. So he- <laughs> here's one from Jared McAleese. Simon right. says, we'll need time to reorganise our defensive structure and we must be patient. It took us a month to figure it out this season and once we were in sync, We unfortunately have now lost the key set up in Lever. This isn't an overnight fix, but we'll get there. I tend to agree with Jared. Like, this was the first time in nearly 12 months that Joel Smith has played. Plus, you lose Lever. Plus, halfway through the game, Oscar goes off with concussion. So, there was a massive um, hole in our back line so you're right in saying that we only lost by 40 points it could have been 80 very very easily yeah. Uh, yeah. and in fact the comment the commentators kept saying oh it could be a blowout here and and for melbourne's you know positivity no it didn't get it didn't get blown out but anyway i agree jared i agree with yours bobby clark simon says tim smith should never have got dropped sorry ho sorry koza but Cameron gets in Hogan's way far too often all that was my point too Bobby um, about (coughs) Pedersen Tim Smith though was listed earlier in the week as having a neck injury and then later on it was listed that he was just omitted so maybe that neck injury came good and they still thought that he should be out of the side but I thought he he probably didn't deserve to get dropped um uh, Stephen Perry, this is one for you. Um, Simon says, uh, ski lift tickets or finals tickets? What do we do? <laughs>
1: I'm still, am t- still taking finals tickets. We will, we will get there, and we will have an impact, right? No doubt about that. But this was, this was a staggering, and I know the term reality checks used all the time, but this was really where we are at against a team, and Collingwood are at the moment. Um, you know, in a really good space, Buckley's got him up and going. Grundy's been really good in the rug. Um, to go, is starting to prove how good he can be. We got Collingwood on a really good day for them. And we, this, is what, this is what I'm saying. This is what scared me. We didn't have an ability to react. We didn't have an ability to shut it down.
0: That was my issue earlier in the year, actually, against um, Richmond and Hawthorne. And even Geelong in that first game is there didn't seem to be a plan B. And you and I spoke about this in one of our earlier um, chats this year is that um, Melbourne has this great plan A. And when it works, which it significantly did against Adelaide, um, and then it clicked into gear against the Bulldogs, but... They just couldn't seem to find another way to win. And um, there was a great article in the paper uh, Sunday or Monday about Craig Jennings, who sits alongside Simon yes. Goodwin, about how he's this master tactical genius that Melbourne has on its team. Well, that's great, but what's his, you know, where was he on the weekend to say, all right, we'll switch Viney onto DeGoey? After he had three possessions in a row instead of fifteen possessions in a row, and yep. we'll swing the back line around and we'll play like this like I just think there's um still a lot to learn within the coaching box about um, that next phase how, how to train the game to be back on your terms when it gets out of hand at the start that's my want... that's my little point
1: yeah. So Simon says are quite right, and they're very, very accurate. and I know Pedo has been wonderful, but, um, you know, is it time to say, OK, Smith, you're now next, Wiedemann, you're now next, and this is what we're doing? Um, and, yeah you know, it hurts me to say that because I, I dearly love the way Cam plays, but even when he went down back, it was ineffective against Mason Cox, and it, it just compounded the
0: situation. so Yeah, it was just a bit... Um... Just a bit messy the whole the whole day. I just didn't I just didn't really like it. Um, let me just jump on to the Facebook page for some Simon Says, but just some other comments that I came across while I'm doing that. They weren't necessarily Simon Sayses, but they were from Melbourne supporters on uh, on Twitter. Is playing Bernie Vince and Jordan Lewis um, not a good thing anymore for Melbourne? What's your take on it? Well, I
1: go back to the leg speed thing. I reckon Jordan Lewis got exposed. We know he's not the quickest, but if we're going to have Jordan and Bernie, then we have to have some really quick legs around them. Jaden Hunt, where's he at at the moment?
0: Well, he's gone for six weeks.
1: That's <sighs> right. And that's one that's one hole that we, we, just, we just can't fill at the moment. You know, we just That leg speed off the back line, because look, Gus Brayshaw is not, not really fast. He's wonderful, but he had a down game as well.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and the, the problem was they had too many guys going past, getting handballs and spreading wide. We were handballing in phone booths. Mm. You know, we were we, we, we giving it to a guy that was in an equal, if not worse, position than where we were. Um, and it just meant that, that we were absolutely stifled. And by the time we actually got it free, thank goodness that Tom McDonald could actually take a mark, even under duress from a whole lot of defenders. He took some wonderful mm, bar mm. But really, without that, holy moly.
0: Yeah, I'm still a fan of having Bernie and Jordan in the team for the simple fact is that Melbourne is a young side and I know that I've um, said this before and they have the strong and the steady heads on their shoulders. But it wasn't the best game even for the young players on the weekend, let alone the older guys, to bring him back into gear. So I would keep both Bernie and Jordan in the team. I know a lot of people have had enough of Jordan Lewis. I haven't yet because he's kicking. Orton yeah. normally is fantastic on the weekend. Like even on, even on Monday, sorry, I keep saying the weekend. On Monday, Melbourne was just kicking it into space, which was a whole – which was a space between two Melbourne players – but plonked in them right in the middle of that was a Collingwood player. And they haven't done that for a long time. They haven't stuffed up their kicking that much for such a long time. So I don't know what the vibe was within the team, but it just didn't feel right. And who are we to sit back and say, you know, it was this, that, or the other? You know, give Collingwood a little bit of credit. And Nathan Buckley, that he said before the game, it's our midfield versus their midfield and their midfield won. I don't don't see our midfield losing again to them in that fashion um, this year. So I just don't – I can't fathom the fact that Jones would have another flat day like he did Um, and Max can palm it down to a Melbourne player who then just gets tackled. They'll learn learn from it.
1: Well, you'd like to think so. And I'm certainly not throwing baby out with the bathwater, but it was just interesting – The Adelaide win away was certainly one against the contender, but we now know that Adelaide obviously are on a bit of a slide. Um, But when you have a look at the others that we've beaten, and you can only beat the opponents you've got, but that was a big stage, big moment. And unfortunately, we we couldn't get it done. You know, that's that's the bottom line. So we can't shy away from that fact that we were unsuccessful in trying to stamp our authority on the on the
0: game. No, I definitely, I completely agree with you. And Collingwood has a lot more of those big stages that they play on, simply because it's Collingwood and they have such a strong supporter base um, and loyal following. Whereas Melbourne's building its one so. Their players are more comfortable out there with 80,000 screaming fans. Um, For Melbourne, just get used to it. Like we've got Port Adelaide um, at the Adelaide Oval next Friday night after the bye this week. That's going to be huge, but you can't tell me Melbourne doesn't know how to play in front of a big big crowd because last year they beat Adelaide in Adelaide, West Coast in West Coast. So... Maybe it comes back to the how they play the MCG. Maybe they get freaked out by the G because, you know, they've had better performances at other grounds this year than than they have at the MCG. Who knows? Not a high. Well,
1: newsflash, news that's where they play the grand final, so um, we want to get good at
0: it. Yes, I know. That, look, it's a long way to go for the grand final, and if you do want a positive... Um, We played well against the Bulldogs, we play them again. We played well against the Saints, we play them again. Same with the Gold Coast. Um, So we've got a few teams in there that are towards the bottom of the ladder that Melbourne hopefully can really come back into some strong form. All right, Koza, we'll leave the Simon Saysers for there. We will do a short one today. We'll be back after this with a preview of your ski season.
1: This is my kingdom
0: come. Kingdom come. Detailers, welcome back. Uh, Kerry Lambert hosting today because Coza has just popped into Mansfield to get the chains on his <laughs> tyres before he heads up to Mount Buller for the ski season. So, Cozy, we're not in together today, so we'll keep it quick um, yeah. and we'll try and be positive now. well, Before we give our votes, um, we should have a look uh, ahead to the Jack Watts Cup uh, next Friday night at the Adelaide Oval or is it the... Um,
1: well, you can take, you can take, you can take a pick. there is a guy called Jimmy Tumpus that also... Uh,
0: David, and David Roden, did the he? David Roden. Yeah, the David Roden Cup, potentially. Um, what do you reckon it'll be like for the D's to come up against Jack Watts?
1: Well, look, I would I would think that Jack Watts would be more fearful of uh, what the D's could potentially deliver than what the D's need to worry about. Jack Watts, um, I don't think he's changed his playing style. Uh, Ken Hinkley obviously made a decision to get experience into that lineup. You know, he went for Rockcliffe and Motlop and those sort of players. Watts was a part of that as well. It was a minimum chips exercise, obviously, and uh, I would think that Jack Watts would be thinking, gee, I hope I, hope I can you know, stand up for the pressure of." Uh, you know, what uh, What my ex-teammates are likely to deliver. So um, I don't think Melbourne should be fearing anything. I think uh, Jack Watts will have a point to prove and he'd love to prove it. But I've seen other opportunities, put it this way, when Jack Watts has had uh, a point to prove and has been unsuccessful in proving said point. So um, I'm not too worried about Jack Watts.
0: Nor am I. I could not care less about him and... I loved the fact that people were sending out that um, little video of him running down the Great Southern Stand wing on Queen's birthday last year to to win the game for the Ds. I love that people were saying, we need Jack Watts. Let me tell you, we do not need Jack Watts. We have not needed Jack Watts all year. And this will be another occasion to say to Jack Watts, see, we don't need you. You were trouble. And in the words of Simon Goodwin at the start of the year, you're toxic. So I'm more I'm more than happy for Jack Watts to come up against Melbourne and perform really badly, because he's only played one good game for the club for Melbourne.
1: Yeah, the Queen's Birthday one, and that was a nice finishing touch. And we know he's got delightful skills, but when the whips were cracking, um, he just found it a little bit harder to get involved. Put it that way.
0: Yeah, speaking of getting involved, I found it um, interesting. Uh, on the weekend, I watched a bit of the Casey game, and Dom Tyson was absolutely carving it up. Um, I'd be interested to see if he pops back into the side and then what uh, what they do with Christian Petrarca because he has been on the disappointing to very disappointing scale in some games this year for Melbourne. Um, so I'd be interested to see what they're going to do with that. You spoke about needing leg speed. I don't see Dom Tyson as being a particularly quick player, but he has been doing really well for Casey. So interesting to see what they do, Koza. Uh,
1: Petrarca was one that, because uh, I spoke to Dom Tyson pre-match, he was part of the function. We had a great pre-match function and he also included uh, Mark Bradke and young Austin Bradkey and Mark's agreed to talk to details, so we'll get him up over the coming weeks. Um, and he can tell us all about young Austin Bradkey, who is a uh, Category B rookie. See, um, big, tall piece of timber too, which is probably not surprising. Um, so we've uh, we've got a wonderful situation where they can um, they can watch what's going on. And pre-match, they thought, oh, how good is this? We're going to watch. You know, Melbourne uh, really take it to Collingwood. Dom Tyson was also a part of that. And he's not frustrated, but he's kind of um, exuberant about the fact that the team has been going so well and he's been left out. Um, And he's he's really quite chuffed about that. But he did say it's very hard to get back in. I would think there needs to be some changes made. I think Spargo just looked tired. Um, and that's probably fair enough because he's like 12 years old. And, he, was and...
0: the, he was the only one out there fighting for Melbourne in the second term. He was the only it, one there.
1: He was, but whether he stays in, um, I didn't know if it was an opportunity for Gale, potentially on the bigger stage, or whether Simon Goodwin's going to say to Spargo, you know what, we're just going to keep playing you and playing you and playing you, and you're going to be a better footballer. And Jeff, you need to know your way to Casey. So I think yeah. that... that that might happen as well. Um, I'm really still waiting for Christian Petrarca to grab something and shred it, you know, really shred it. We, we've had it. We've had a fair bit of talk. We know he can do it, does it sporadically and needs to do it for 100 minutes.
0: You know what? We waited a long, long time for Jack Watts to do that too. We waited a long time for Jack. But I would suggest that there is more upside to Christian than there ever was to Jack. So... I'm happy to let Jack. Uh, sorry, let Christian just go back. I'm happy for him to go back and find a lot of footy at Casey because Casey's doing really well. So find yeah. the ball, get it on a string again, and get that confidence up that you can kick it straight and you can take that amazing mark. Like he kicked, he nearly kicked a goal from fifty five out the other day. Yeah. Um, so he's got that amazing ability. So I'm happy for Christian to take a spell back in Casey and, and rack up the possessions. Um, who do you bring in for him? You mentioned Jeff Garlett. You know, we, we might have even needed a zippy little round-the-pack kind of a guy on the weekend, and, we, and Spargo didn't really offer that. Hannon was playing a bit further down the field. Um, so, yeah, there's a few little changes to make for Melbourne, I reckon.
1: Yeah, look, I agree, um, and obviously, you know, there's, there's a few that will probably make their way into the 22, barring injury and everything else, the likes of Wiedemann and things like that, that they want to be able to put games into. You talked about, um, you know, zippy little forwards and things like that. One thing, again, I think we got exposed on was the fact that uh, we don't have stay-at-home forwards. They've all got to work running back they've all got to do that. Mason Cox was a great start home forward for the Pies and so too Stevenson. And how often was that long kick to Stevenson one-on-one just so effective? Yeah. You know, and he's been playing for like eight nanoseconds. <laughs> we, got, we got exposed. I mean, he'll yeah. probably be in the rising star, you would think. He's been really good for Collingwood, but I would like to see that stay at home forward employed. I've been saying for a long time, love the fact that Jesse Hogan getting a kick on half back, but you know what? I'd rather him get six kicks and kick six goals than get 20 kicks and kick two goals.
0: Yeah, well, he didn't even kick a goal on the weekend on Monday. So, yes, bit a bit to work on for Simon Goodwin yeah. and, and the mob, I think. But you know what? A great reality check, and it's a great time to have a game like that where you go, oh, holy crap, you know, yeah. we've, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and it's good – it's it's not a bad thing, like, that it came in the middle of the year. We're not as shattered as we were when we performed pretty much the same against Collingwood last year when all we needed to do was win. Yeah,
1: and there was a bit more on the line there.
0: cocked it up, yeah. Um, it was, so I'm, 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 I'm all re- right. I
1: must say, I am genuinely surprised by how upbeat you are. I, I really am. I really am. Very surprised. And I I commend you on it because you are being very upbeat. You're not being negative Nelly at all.
0: Um, Uh, Well, I usually am Miss Pessimistic, but um, I think because I realised so early on in the game that it wasn't going to be ours, um, that I kind of started to get over the fact that we lost by about 4 o'clock. I was, okay, right, so this isn't a win. Um, And let's see what we can do next. So... I, look, I've had a look at the draw. We could, if things go our way, you know. I'm, I'm not usually someone that looks forward at, and looks at, oh, we've got them and then and then and then. But we do have quite a good spread of teams that we have to face. Um, so I'm not too disappointed. I'm confident we're going to make finals. So if we go back to that analogy we used the other week where your lid was well and truly off, my lid is probably – rotated another twist to the right but the foil over the Nutella is still firmly on (laughs) Um, but the lid's just a little bit looser and I can say that because I know that they've turned it around before so yeah I'm a bit more positive anyway speaking of positive let's try and find you someone to give one vote to so uh, I would predict you went three McDonald two Jetta
1: uh, yes, well, I, w- I was actually concerned at one stage with Nev, who did a wonderful tackle, looked like he'd done a shoulder. Um, and I thought, oh, no, that's all we need. And that was after Oscar had departed as well. And in the end, Jeddah did come back on. But, um, look, my-, my three, the absolute standout clearly was Tom McDonald. Um, and then I thought you could have you know, thrown a <laughs> bit over guys who just played big parts. I mean, Lewis, I know I've spoken about the fact that he's slower. His delivery, though, is still absolutely outstanding. And he was one of the few that managed to drop it into the chest of a Melbourne player. We had so many that missed. So I actually thought Jordan, in the end, played quite a good game under a fair bit of heat down back. Um, Hibbert, again, was really good. Um, I thought Oliver and, and, and Viney were good and really... Yeah, very hard to sort of raffle the one um, between them. But uh, Tom, look, Tom McDonald probably deserves all six votes after um, his magnificent effort uh, It was a real one-man band. And um, as you said, Jesse had down day, uh, Nathan had down day, um, you yeah, the whole midfield did. Um, Max Gorn probably deserves the one vote because I reckon he actually split the uh, ruck combinations with Brodie Grundy, two of the best ruckmen going around at
0: the moment, and I thought Gornie was good. Yeah, I thought he was good, but... Even though he did win most of the tap outs, I think it didn't help Melbourne at all. Um, that Collingwood just read it off him so well. So I'm actually not going to give a one vote this week. You know what? I'm going to give four votes to Tom McDonald and to <laughs> the Neville Jetta because if it wasn't for Tom McDonald, and you have said it, if it wasn't for him, Melbourne would have been absolutely cactus. So thank, thankfully he's um, he's all right. Signed on, and away we go with Tom.
1: That's a wonderful result, no doubt about that. Tom probably thought to himself, "Bloody hell, I could have taken that offer from
0: Collingwood." <laughs> um, got, a sneak, no got a sneaky one for you, actually. Just well before we finish off for the day, Tom Lynch. Speaking of um, strong forwards, who, by the way, I don't think he's worth one point seven million dollars. I don't think either.
1: Any any man that is worth that should be able to single handedly drag a team la LeBron James, mm, he, how bad that team is so,
0: into some finals contention. So Tom Lynch hasn't decided where he's going to play next year. He hasn't ruled out playing um, in at the Gold Coast still. I think it depends on what the AFL can give the club as some assistance. Would you want Tom Lynch at Melbourne?
1: No, no, I actually don't want Tom Lynch. At I probably. agree with you. I
0: don't want him either. I'll, I'll have McDonald
1: and Hogan firing and ready to go. With Wiedemann. With Wiedemann, with Smith.
0: Spargo. Uh,
1: and then fill it up with the likes of Hannan. Uh, Malkin was good when he was down there. No, I don't, I don't think we need Tom Lynch, and I don't think we need Tom Lynch, and this is something Melbourne's going to have to work on and this is what made Geelong great, and I think to maybe a lesser extent Hawthorne, but they offloaded Buddy Franklin as well. But the parity within those guys that are chasing premierships at Geelong was enormous, and they all could have gone to other clubs for overs easily, easily, mm. and they could have bought in a superstar. Now, in the end, Geelong, in the latter years, obviously had Dangerfield land in their lap because he wanted to go home to Box Creek. But Geelong, of the, the scarlet, Enright, Smith, Bartell, Ottens, Hawkins, Harley, Rook, Harley, Mooney—all mm. those guys—they played for unders and they knew what they were doing. They were constructing, and it was as good a dynasty as we saw for five, six years. They were constructing that, and Geelong is still in pretty good shape because of that. Mm. So that didn't reach out and pay 1.7 to some peanut to say, "Right now, you got to go and do this." The Swans are still yet to get it done, and they paid overs for Buddy. And there's still yet to get it done in the Buddy era, so That's a
0: good point. it doesn't always work. Hmm. All right, we'll leave. Uh, we'll leave it there then, Koza. You've got. Um, you've got to hit the slopes again. <laughs> and uh, next week, I'm in Palm Cove, so we're going to have a bye week as well here on Details, unless something amazing happens and we have to convene an emergency broadcast. But um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, I'll be sunning myself in Palm Cove as you're getting a snow tan. At Mount Buller, but thank you for everybody for listening, and thanks for contributing as well. Uh, Koza and I do love doing this, but we also love the interaction that you guys Absolutely. that you guys bring to it. And um, please keep sending in your tweets and your Facebook messages all week. We don't mind. Keep sending them in. I'm happy to reply, um, especially to some someone that had a crack last week during the week, and I told him to go and shove it up his. Um, Backside, But anyway, yeah, I quite yeah, enjoyed I, that. I, I do have to talk to you
1: about some sort of editorial control. <laughs> I, did, I did notice your uh, firm and frank exchanger and I did think, Oh wow! Okay, someone's going to ring me and go, Koza, Did you press go on that? <laughs> yes, I did. I did, uh, I did uh, notice that particular one, it was a firm and frank exchange.
0: Anyway, uh, love, love the interaction. But the
1: other thing is, yes. if you're going to do it, hashtag it details D-E-E-T-A-L-E-S, because obviously we can then find it online as well. We do a search and we find it online. So whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Insta, whatever it is, hashtag it with details. Yeah, uh, details podcast, and and uh, and we'll find it and we'll get you on.
0: Going into Enjoy the snow, Koza.
1: My cell, I'm already swish, 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 swish. Or was that Fugazi? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. I thought
0: Fugazi was it. See ya.